Lecture topic. Advices to husbands. ومن آياته أن خلق لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا لتسكنوا إليها وجعل بينكم مودة ورحمة صدق الله العظيم حمد الله فري good amount of time you have been hearing about various issues related to marriage and how to make a successful marriage the discussion now will revolve around something that is a part of life and this is not restricted to any one part of life in everything in life there are challenges this is after all dunya we are living in this dunya we are not living in jannat jannat is a place where there is no challenge but dunya is a place where there are challenges from the time a child is born and before the child is born already there are challenges and the child is born through challenges and then obviously as life carries on there are numerous things that are always a challenge when a person gets married so if things are handled correctly a person is able to then move past the challenges but there are always challenges that do come up the issue is not that why do challenges come up that's what we just mentioned that is part of life but the issue is how does a person deal with these challenges so obviously there are many many issues but we will just focus on some important aspects which sometimes due to not being handled correctly or not paying attention to, the, to these issues challenges get out of hand small small things happen everywhere but they are easily then taken care of but when these things are not understood of how a person should handle things what should be done what should be his manner of approaching things that's when problems come in and then sometimes those problems escalate to a very different level and become very complicated so these are few things that we need to bear in mind and inshallah if we handle these few things correctly we will be able to overcome many challenges one of the most important things is communication and dealing with problems how we deal with problems the communication in that regard and communication in general communication is part of life obviously some people communicate more than others and generally it is expected that women communicate more than men one person did some kind of research Allah knows best how valid and authentic this research is but he says that every day each person speaks about some 25,000 words so the 25,000 words generally every man the average man by the time he spends his day he's met with so many people and colleagues at work and staff or depending where he is whatever he is so by the time he reaches home he's spoken about 24,995 so he's got about five words left and his wife was generally at home the whole day she has hardly spoken to anybody so by the time he comes home she still got about 24900 left so it's obvious now there's going to be communication and then often it's going to be one sided communication but that one sided communication sometimes becomes a big big problem 
So communication is a very, very important aspect. And therefore, there's so much of emphasis on how a person uses his tongue. There's so much of emphasis in the ahadith of Rasulullah because the tongue is the tool of communication. So one is correct communication. Miscommunication, incorrect communication causes a lot of problems. A person sometimes says something, one is he's saying something which is wrong. That's obviously going to be a problem, it's going to create problems. That wrong can be many, many things. It can be something abusive, it can be something vulgar, it can be something hurtful, hurtful. All this is part of communication, but bad communication, but bad communication. Then sometimes there's a lack of communication. Now when there's a lack of communication, there's going to be problems. Communication and correct communication is extremely essential. Now sometimes, to take one example, occasions come up, now it's Eid coming up. So now Eid comes up twice a year, but now sometimes the problem that caught, that happened as a result of miscommunication or lack of communication about Eid, that carries on till the next Eid. Because on the 11th hour now, there was some arrangement, for example, the husband already made some arrangement, he confirmed it, that he's going to be spending Eid with his family, for example. And in the meantime, she made some arrangement and confirmed with her family, going to spend Eid there. At the 11th hour now, the details are coming up. So now there's a tug of war. So now that Eid, that Eid becomes like Bakrid. Because you know who's getting started in between. So, this was all as a result of lack of communication. If there was some kind of clear understanding beforehand, that okay, we know these things become complicated sometimes, so where are we going to spend Eid? That's a simple question. There will be some give and take, but everybody knows now what's the way forward, so there's no issues. Now that's one example, there's obviously many, many things, but just how a simple thing, very simple thing, and often it is on occasions. Now there's some nikah taking place, there's some other occasion, these, and that's the other ajeeb part of it and the tragic part of it, that very often happy occasions become very, very complicated. And happy occasions become very sad because of dramas that happen, often the dramas that start off as a result of lack of communication or miscommunication. And then in day-to-day life, so many times these things happen. So we can't go into too many details there, but this much, that a person needs to stop, think, how to communicate things correctly, what's to be communicated. Sometimes things are said, but it's said in a very vague manner. Now he takes it for granted that he finished say it. And she didn't understand what he said. Now later on there's a problem, he says, no, but that's what I meant. What you meant is in your mind. And unless she's on that level where she's got some kind of kash, etc., she's not going to read your mind. So don't believe that she's already there. Spread it out. Now often this vagueness, this incomplete communication, then later on now the person says, but that's what I meant. That's too late now. We meant that, but we didn't make it clear what we meant. So these are things that create a lot of problems. So all this communication comes down to the aspect of controlling the tongue. Obviously we started off on that. There's a very beautiful saying of Hazrat Mahayus Parisa, that this tongue is a tool of great construction, 
or a weapon of mass destruction. We started off on the issue of poor communication, bad communication that can really cause havoc. That's generally what causes the havoc. How a person communicates, what he says, how he says it. That is why there is this very beautiful saying of the Messiah also, Pehle tol, phir bol. Tol in Urdu means to weigh. So now, what is meant here is, first, uh, think about it, that what I am going to say, what is going to be its effect? What kind of impact it will have? Positive, negative? The one thing that just keeps working, the one machine, everything else gets tired. Person walks, his feet get tired, he's holding something, his hands get tired, he's reading something, his eyes get tired eventually, and everything gets tired, something that never gets tired is a tongue. And therefore some people even after they sleep also they sleep talking. Because the tongue just doesn't get tired. So when a person doesn't think about what he's saying, he's just ready to say anything, just on the spur of the moment, just blurt out anything, obviously that's going to create major problems and that's what more often than not the root of the issue is how things were spoken, what was spoken. So therefore the Messiah said, Pehle tol phir bol. First think about it, what's going to be the impact of the statement, then speak. And that's something that we need to train ourselves, to stop, pause, think about it, then say it. Especially if something sensitive, something in a, uh, in a moment of anger, etc., that's a time to be very, very uh, careful. Therefore, the saying in Arabic, Jirahatu sinani lahal tiyam, that the wounds that are inflicted by swords, this will heal someday. That will cut, cut flesh and bone. But the wound inflicted by the tongue, that won't heal. Because that didn't just get, uh, the wound didn't affect just the surface. That went deep down into the heart. So that, the heart is the most sensitive. In the whole body, the heart is the most sensitive. And now that wound went deep down in the heart, cut through the heart, that takes a long time to heal. So therefore, a person has to control his tongue. Amlik alayka lisanak. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gave the prescription for safety from all kinds of problems and difficulties. Hazrat Akbar bin Amir anhu, he asked the question that how do I get safety from all the fitnas and whatever else. Three things Rabbi Islam mentioned. Number one, top of the list, Amlik alayka lisanak. Control your tongue. Person who controls his tongue, he'll be safe from a lot of problems. A lot of problems indoors, a lot of problems outdoors also. So the first thing that was mentioned was control the tongue. And not controlling the tongue, sometimes the damage is irreparable. It's too late to do anything about it. It's beyond repair. And this unfortunately happens so often, when people phone now and they are frantic, but uh, you know what, it was in anger that I gave the talaq and three talaqs. Why does anybody give talaq in, in, in a moment of happiness? You say, no, it was in anger, so now maybe it's not valid. Does anybody give talaq because they're happy? That anger doesn't make any difference to the fact that, that those three bullets were let out of the chamber. Now the damage is done, now the person is crying about it. So that is a very, very delicate matter. Nevertheless, in other general issues as well, the tongue, this is the root of so many of the problems. In one hadith, it is mentioned that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam uh, pointed to the tongue of one Sahabi. 
and says this is the thing that takes people most to Jahannam the tongue and unfortunately this is the thing people take least note of that what I am saying so this is the extremely important thing together with the tongue and what we just mentioned already in passing the anger management many things are not even generally regarded as something to be learned unfortunately some aspects we all understand we have to learn it everybody knows it we go to madrasa to learn it also we have to learn our the masail of taharat we have to learn the masail of salah if it's ramadan we have to learn whatever pertains to fasting zakat etc so many things person wants to do some business transaction to he goes to some alim is this all in order is this correct somebody's got that conscious endless of deen he'll find out but many of us who have this consciousness of deen in many aspects some things are still beyond us also that this is something to be learned anger how to control anger is something to be learned how to adopt sabr is something to be learned how to inculcate tolerance this is something to be learned this doesn't happen by just uh, thinking about it by just reading of something somewhere if it was just by reading of something then even the other Messiah you could have just read up we didn't have to go to Madrasa but this too is something that's learned and because we don't take the time and effort to learn these things to go in the right places to learn it we unfortunately suffer the consequences so these are things to be learned that how does a person control his anger what's to be done in one hadith sharif it is mentioned one sahabi came to Rasulullah and he asked for advice Nabi Islam gave him advice la taghdab don't become angry he asked for advice a second time again second time same advice la taghdab don't become angry third time wrong again he asked for advice same advice to highlight the importance of this now many a times it is taken as something well we are expected or rather we expect that people must just excuse us because we said it in anger so said, no no I just lost it I said, but why you did this or why you said this said, no I just lost it so why if you just lost it then a person walking down the road and he has lost all his salary for the month so he doesn't just feel so casual about it I just lost it so all the money was lost or he had a thriving business and something happened, he just lost it. He doesn't talk about it, I just lost it. Somehow when he lost it in terms of his anger, he did great damage. He's so casual about it. I just lost it. So now, in other words, it must just be just forgotten, just overlooked because I lost it. So now if a person keeps losing it, so now when he loses his money, little bit at a time, he'll be bankrupt. If he keeps losing, he's losing what? He's losing his senses, losing his mind. He keeps losing his mind, he'll get left without any mind. Sometimes some people say, no, I, li- I gave him a piece of my mind. In anger, said a lot of things. He said, I gave him a piece of my mind. And then the next person also said, I gave him a piece of my mind also. He said, I keep your pieces for you. You'll dish out everything, you'll get left with nothing. And then you'll be like, without a mind, Allah knows this what you'll do. So, this is a very, very important thing. Often in anger, people start shouting and screaming. Now, if somebody has to scream at us, our response would be, don't scream at me. So others also want the same thing, don't scream at them. And especially in the four walls of the home, 
the screaming and shouting, this is a very, very uh, detrimental thing. It creates a lot of damage to others around. Children especially, children see the screaming and shouting all the time. This becomes a very, very serious problem. So, this anger management, we have to learn how to keep that anger at bay. It doesn't, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives the virtue about those who suppress anger. وَالْقَعْضِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ Quran Sharif doesn't speak about those who don't ever feel anger. Anger is a human emotion. Some people are a little quick to get angry. Some people are a little bit more calm in their nature. They take longer to get angry. But everybody has been given the same command. وَالْقَعْضِمِينَ الْغَيْضِ All have been asked to suppress the anger. Feeling anger is human. But suppressing that anger is what's required of this human now. So, the Quran Sharif describes it as suppressing that anger. Now, a person says, I got angry. Fine, you got angry. It's human. But what are you supposed to do thereafter? Supposed to suppress it. So, this is that part of learning. Now, this is not the time to get into the topic in detail. But that's where the learning comes of how to go about managing anger. And this doesn't happen with one talk. This happens in a process. There's a process a person has to subject himself to. Then in time that anger is managed and controlled. So, the things we have been taught in the Hadith Sharif, just to touch on one aspect, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir at the time a person feels anger to recite Ta'awuz. Otherwise, if this anger is not controlled, then unfortunately sometimes we regret what we did in anger, and that is too late. This this frame that is here should not be misread, that don't go back and uh, quote it in this manner, that I was told, don't scream at me, otherwise you'll regret it. it. It's for us, for ourselves, that we shouldn't be screaming and doing things in anger, otherwise we will regret what we did in anger. And then sometimes it's too late to pick up the pieces also. One of the things, again, we're talking about challenges, and in challenges, things become a little bit complicated sometimes, it provokes people's anger, but in that anger then, many a times this is a common problem that there is abuse. As a result of that anger, a person doesn't realize what he's doing, and then this leads to abuse. Sometimes it's not even a matter of anger. Allah forbid, over time it just becomes a kind of second nature to a person that he goes about himself in such a way that this is nothing but abuse of those around us, our wives, our children, others, sometimes parents also, they become, they come at the receiving end of the abuse. This is indeed a very, very dangerous thing. This is zulm. Abuse is zulm. And zulm, zulm is among those things that brings down its consequences and the punishment of it already in dunya. What is in Akhirat is still apart from that. Often the aspect of abuse happens as a result of a person forgetting the accountability on the day of Qiyamah. Forgetting the power of Allah Ta'ala. And therefore, this is all the time necessary that a person when dealing with others, he has to keep in mind all the time that the authority that he might have is a very limited authority, very minute authority. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest. Once one person was beating his slave and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam happened to pass by. 
and he saw this. So the Prophet called out to him, "Lallahu akdaru alayka mimma anta alay." Allah Taala has more power over you than you have over Him. In other words, remember that. Remember that today the whip is in your hand over somebody you have the power over, but Allah Taala's whip is above you also. So don't take advantage because if that whip strikes, then everything is lost. So this is the thing to always bear in mind that tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah I have to account on the day of Qiyamah for my deeds. I have to be conscious of this all the time. And how I will conduct myself here, if this is abuse, how will I answer for this on the day of Qiyamah? A ghulmu ghulumatun yawm al-Qiyamah. On that day then it will be total darkness. And on that darkness a person will fall off that pulsirat in Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. Then again, it is mean here just for the, as a disclaimer, I didn't make these things, but despite your own size, if somebody thinks that this can be used back at home, then look, I'm not your size, so don't fight with me, that's up to them, but fight your own size simply I refers to that it's mean that a man is generally the stronger person, women are generally weaker, now a person is taking advantage of somebody that's weaker, if somebody thinks it's the other way around, He's weaker at home, then he can go back and convey the message, must fight your own size. But here, the simple lesson is, it's wrong. It's wrong in any instance. We talk to children about that. that look, that's a small child. Don't uh, take advantage. So how can we do the same? Allah Ta'ala has created the man stronger. So he shouldn't take advantage and misuse that strength Allah Ta'ala has given him, that position, that authority. In fact, this is, sometimes we... Uh, forget many things that just as we have emotions we have feelings we forget others also have feelings others also have emotions just as we are hurt sometimes when we are hurt by somebody we are hurt due to what somebody said what they did our hearts close up and it takes a while before now we can get uh, comfortable again talking to the person you might carry on, make salam to him and so on, but there's just a barrier between. And as a result of that barrier, we just don't feel comfortable. It happens. This is the insan. So, when this can happen with anybody, with a stranger also, somebody we just meet once in a while, or somebody we might be just working with, but there was something, some altercation, whatever the case is, the person said something hurtful, the person said something that... Uh, we really felt bad about our hearts close up. Now then, what's what's the how the feeling goes? Can we imagine what happens that where a person has been abusive to his own wife, he's been saying things that are mean, that are despicable, that are hurtful, and then after all they are spouses, they are married. Then at the end of the day, he still wants to now continue like husband and wife. Therefore, Imam Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah mentioned this actually. That this was now coming from the times of Jahiliyyah, and it was a common thing, people would beat their wives. Nabi Sallallahu cautioned them that how can this, is this human? That a person beats his wife in the day, and then at the end of the day he wants to then share the bed with her. In other words, this is like a kind of animal behavior. That as if, there's like no human feelings involved here, there isn't emotions, there isn't any kind of heart, that fine, whatever happened during the day, 
that must just now be just like a page just turned over, like a person broke some inanimate object, threw it aside, and now life carries on. Now we get hurt by somebody, our hearts close, our hearts close out, we can't relate to the person easily, we feel so uncomfortable in the person's presence. And now, can we imagine what goes on in this kind of context and situation? If truth be told, and this is in the light of correspondences that come, that that becomes torture. How the person conducted himself during the day, at the end of that day now, he wants to indulge with his wife, that becomes torture. And this is not in any uh, coded language. Now, people don't talk about this on the first occasion. When it finally comes to the point where now this can't be handled anymore. Now that woman is writing to say that I don't want to break this home, but I can't manage this anymore. Now where the whole problem came from? That she is refusing to allow the husband his marital rights. See, but how can you do this? This is sinful. This is sinful, you can't do this. So now when that came to that point now, that she is now being put into the box, so to say, that I am now committing a sin. So now she is now explaining the problem. She says, this is more than torture for me. Because the heart is closed. Now when the heart is closed, then that is not anything that is now looked forward towards. It's a torture. So how long does a person endure torture? Once, twice, ten times, fifty times. I had enough, I can't have it. This is the reality of life. So, therefore, these are very, very important aspects which often we think are unrelated. Life must just carry on. Whatever happens in the day must forget about it. Do we forget about it? Can we just turn our hearts off and carry on? We can't do it. How do we expect others to do it? Especially one is, one odd occasion something happened and then time heals it very quickly. But then when it happens the second time, happens the third time, each time those things got settled, it got healed, but it leaves some residue. It leaves some, some part of it gets left. 90% of it all heals up, but there's some scars. The second time it leaves a deeper scar. The third time the scar is even deeper. Then the fourth time the wound gets left open. Though it healed, but the wound gets left open because it's now been cut so many times. And then in time it doesn't heal. So these become the issues as a result of this kind of behavior, conduct. So therefore we have to be all the time considerate in this regard. Then we come to another very important aspect is family relations. Family relations now refers to how we interact with all the different parties. The person got married, so now he has to obviously take care of his wife. But now it doesn't mean that he got married, he's got no other family in life. His parents brought him up. So he's got his parents still, he's got his brothers and sisters, he's got other family members, he's got an extended family now. He's got married, so he's got a second family. So how does he now live in a way that keeps the balance in all this? One thing to remember all the time is that every husband, there's a pulsirat that he walks among the many, there's one pulsirat, one pulsirat, one pulsirat he walks on earth. That is a full shirat between, on the one side the wife, the other side the mother. She has to walk this full shirat very carefully. Full shirat is very, very narrow. 
he does the wrong thing, he'll fall. So he has to remain simply, he has to remain balanced. So this is just a manner of understanding it, that it's a delicate thing. If a person doesn't understand the sensitivity of something, then he doesn't take care to handle it correctly. If a person knows that this is very, very sensitive, then he walks with it very carefully. He doesn't even realize it's sensitive, he's just walking, swinging it, he breaks it. So that is the need for expressing it in this manner, that the person be conscious of the sensitivities. So this is something he has to be conscious about, and he has to be careful about how he deals with it. Unfortunately, often what happens is that a person goes on to either extreme. Somebody gets married, now, okay, fine, the first few weeks of marriage now, he's in a new life, he's lost to the world for a while, but then now he can't be lost to the world forever, so now he has to come back, come back to reality, fine, his honeymoon is over, so now he has to come back to reality. On that honeymoon note, if, inshallah, we've been listening carefully, then inshallah this will never apply, but just on the side, just seems like we're getting too serious, so just to little digression that if a person handles these things well then inshallah this will never apply as somebody explained it that many a times a person gets married so that after that marriage now that one month the honeymoon that is like the whole month is full moon then unfortunately thereafter it's perpetual eclipse you just can't see the light anymore so that should never be the case there's a cycle, sometimes there's no light, sometimes there's light, sometimes it's full moon, sometimes it's partial moon, carries on in life, but total eclipse, eclipse comes once in a while in the year. So, therefore, this extreme should never happen. Now, somebody got lost to the world for a few weeks, but then he never came back. He is now not interested in his parents, not interested in anybody else, he's just lost to his, either the wife's family has now become his only family, anytime you ask him, so, says, no, he's, he's gone in-law's house. So now, fine, in-law's house is important also to maintain the balance, otherwise it become an outlaw. But there's a balance involved, so it shouldn't become that he's getting into either extreme, or somebody is not taking any consideration of that. After all, his wife didn't just uh, fall into his home. She grew up in a family. She has parents, she has family. She grew up with the all that love and care that they gave her, she can't just overnight now just switch over and forget about everybody. It's a process as well that to keep the balance and it's an ongoing thing, it's not something that will finish off in one day, one week. So the balance is extremely important not to go on to extremes in either side. Then the aspect of respect and honor. Every person, he would want that his wife should respect his family, respect his parents, honor them and live with them in a way that they're comfortable. So now it works both ways. Just as he wants that his wife should respect his family, she has to respect her family as well. He can't expect that she should be respectful of his parents only, and he will treat her parents just anyhow. That's going to obviously create problems in the marriage itself, because you're going to disrespect somebody's parents, they're going to be hurt about it. So they can't separate these two things. Okay, you can keep hurting my parents, I'll be fine with it. That's your, your issue with my parents. It's going to affect everybody. So the respect and fam- 
uh, honor and how you deal with them they will also deal with you as well this is unfortunately a common issue when people have some arguments some fights so now supposing for argument's sake just for argument's sake if it is accepted that somebody's uh, father-in-law is not a very good person for argument's sake and whereas we are not in any position to judge anybody's end if there's something wrong the wrong is wrong let's assume somebody has some bad habits he is doing some wrong deals or whatever else he might be doing is that his daughter's fault now often if there's an argument or the argument is about something whatever it might be the person now the argument is with his wife but now he starts speaking on the father the father-in-law your father is like this your mother is like that and then the brother and then the sister and then the aunt and the grandmother and then he won't leave anybody in the whole lineage that he knows also now that argument was about something maybe whatever happened at home why did this all have to come into the picture if somebody's parent is wrong also are they happy about being told that do they feel comfortable about it would they feel well this is my father's problem this is my mother's problem it doesn't affect me it affects them more than their parents by bringing this this is extremely cruel actually and often this is due to us not taking a moment to think about it the other way around in all these things if a person just stops to put himself in the shoes of the other party if i was on the receiving end how i would feel can i imagine the same things being said to me and this is a principle that we learn from on hadith sharif one young person came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he put forward a question call it a request if you wish and his simple words he said was that ya rasulullah give me the permission to commit zina the sahaba were shocked nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't take offense to the question because this was a something to be treated he called him in a very compassionate manner called him forward and he spoke to him in now this is also a lesson regarding what we are talking about sometimes things are said out of turn etc we are the drivers of the marriage the husband is the driver <coughs> is the driver the passengers in the bus sometimes the passengers might get unruly little bit they'll start jumping and shouting whatever that won't endanger the travel because they're jumping around in the back they'll sit down to everything carry on but if the drivers are jumping around the drivers the drivers are jumping around everybody is in danger <coughs> danger they'll capsize the bus and everything will go haywire so somebody that something out of line we have to still maintain control and we have to do it in a proper manner correct it in the right way the bishop also is teaching us how to go about it he called him forward he asked him that if somebody has to do this with your mother you'll be okay with it it's impossible your sister your wife your daughter how can it ever be tolerated but well, that well, that too is somebody's mother somebody's sister somebody's daughter somebody's daughter somebody's wife then we saw some dua for him the thing that he did thereafter hated most was zina but now what changed it okay we'll have to understand and accept the barakat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was also definitely part of it but the approach the manner in which it was done and putting that reasoning forward now that's the reasoning we have to put ourselves into all the time if i was on the other end 
how I will feel about this. If a person keeps stopping to think about that, most of the time, he'll then do the right thing. That will be enough, enough. Yes, that will be enough to make him do the right thing, to say the right thing. So, therefore, this is the thing that we have to be respectful, give the honor as required, don't neglect one for the other. In dealing with, now as we said about the Fushirat, we have to keep the balance. Sometimes a person now is neglecting his parents because of his wife. Somebody is neglecting his wife because of his parents. Everybody has to be given their due. And this is the responsibility of the husband that he conducts himself in a way. It's a juggle. This is sometimes uh, something that takes a little bit of thinking. And that is where sometimes we have to stop to think carefully. Sometimes take mashwara. Ask somebody's advice that how do I juggle between this? I need to keep the balance. But now this is a very, very complicated situation. How do I keep the balance? How do I make it happen in a way that everybody is fine with it? So therefore this is something we need to work around. Then as far as the khidmat of one's parents is concerned, this is the responsibility of the son. It's his parents, their khidmat is his responsibility. Yes, it's the good fortune of the wife that she participates in this and she does for them what she can. But if this is imposed, it's going to create problems. Neither will that happen in a proper manner and nor will it be digested. It will become a problem in that marriage. And once a while it happens, it will happen fast, but it becomes an ongoing thing. It's then going to create serious problems. So therefore, this should happen with tarzeel. It should happen in a way, and often, if we are ready to do for the other side, they'll be ready to do for this side as well. This is how it works. It's give and take in all this. Yes, mashallah, some have that uh, zeal for khidmat. Alhamdulillah. Everybody is not of the same caliber and the same level. You're going to have to create that zeal. It's not going to happen by an instruction. It's not going to happen by just imposing something. We have to make it happen, but make it happen with a happy heart. Then it will happen in a way that it will be fulfilling for everybody. All will be happy. The people making the khidmat will be happy to do it. The people receiving the khidmat will be happy to receive it. Otherwise, if it's happening grudgingly, neither will those doing it be happy about doing it. Even those receiving it too, they'll be seeing how it's happening. They'll be unhappy receiving it too. So what we got out of it? So it's something to be created and generated with tarzeeb with giving encouragement and inshallah this will then happen, happen with a happy heart. In dealing with issues, this is an ongoing situation that comes up, especially if a person is living in the same house with his parents, even if he's not living with his parents, there are issues that come up and some say that the longest running battle is between mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. There's still yet no end in sight, but it doesn't have to be like that. It can very well be a smooth sailing relationship, but things do happen sometimes. In these situations that come up, one aspect is that the, now the husband, the son, he's in the middle. One aspect is being totally impartial. Very often, that impartiality is lost. One, sometimes the person is swinging completely onto the side of the wife not interested in what his mother is saying, what his mother is, her problem is, somebody is totally on the side of the mother, 
not interested in the wife situation, the impartiality is extremely important. Otherwise, this will become zulm on either side. The second thing is, as far as possible, don't get, get, get in, don't get in between. And this is where the diplomatic juggling will have to carry on. Is appease both sides, keep them happy and carry on. Talk to the wife, whatever it is now, as you know, people get older, they sometimes a little bit irritable and so on. They are elders, you have to respect them. We'll feel a little bit hurt about it, make sabar Allah about it, make sabar Allah Ta'ala will reward you, reward you for your sabar, pacifier. The mother, now you know these young girls now, nowadays they don't know anything, but don't say in front of her obviously. Yeah. Otherwise then you're already in the middle of it. Now you just have to just, you know, just take it one step at a time, inshallah, slowly you'll, she'll come right, I'll, I'll talk to her later. As soon as you're going to start becoming involved in the middle, you're going to catch it from both sides. So, person in the middle, the middle is a sandwich obviously. And that's going to, and one of the, in fact, I never thought that this would happen. It used to be something that used to be mentioned just as a kind of point, but never thought that this actually happens. But until when these problems really came up and some really serious problems came up and then you realize that this is, people do these kind of things. That every negative thing, they are human, others are human also. Sometimes without realizing it, somebody just blurts out some comment, is wrong, you shouldn't do it. But now these things happen, sometimes the mother-in-law will just say something. So now in the absence of the daughter-in-law, she said something. Sometimes the wife now said something about her mother-in-law. In the absence of the mother, mother-in-law, she said it. Now you get, mashallah, some so intelligent people, every negative thing that their mother said about the wife, they'll come back and give her the full karguzari of it. Don't know what price to give them for the intelligence. And likewise, anything that the wife said, any comment she blurted out, then go and relate it to the mother. So what he, what achievement he, what he achieved? Mashallah, he achieved the first prize for creating problems. Because obvious, what's going to be the end result? One person, there was an ongoing problem. One day, his wife wrote one long letter, and it was like really at the edge, and then complaining everything about the mother-in-law. Mother-in-law said this, and said this, and I'm, I'm astounded as I'm reading it, that what kind of person it is? She's telling her daughter in all these kind of things. Then the last line somewhere at the bottom it came, and I know she says all this, because my husband told me she said it. So she didn't say it to her directly, whatever she was venting her anger and feelings, but she was venting it in the presence of the son only, not to the daughter-in-law. But mashallah, this intelligent fellow was coming, giving everything. And as a result, it was now already on the brink. Until, alhamdulillah, he came to his senses and then stopped that. And then approximately maybe one year later, one day in passing, just met again, he's telling me, you know, Jazakallah, that advice really helped. Alhamdulillah, the whole year has gone very comfortably. So there was no other problem in his life besides that. I don't think his mother was now too happy with his wife yet. Or his wife was too happy, they were venting their feelings privately. But he wasn't causing that fire to be relayed from one to the other. So this unfortunately becomes a major problem because of not handling things correctly. Something as straightforward as this, you heard it, just pacify and forget about it. And that's the way to keep things calm. Something you heard this side, forget about it. And something you heard that side, then work at how to... Okay, you understood what's the problem. 
how to address the problem without referring to all the dramas. In that, whatever was vented, maybe out of the 10 minutes, there was one minute of something important. That was a problem. So now how to work at addressing that problem in a positive manner, that should be taken. And without referring to all the issues, work on that. From either side, whatever the problem is, work on it to try and balance it out, to try and ease the issue out. So this is the way to go about it, that we don't be impartial, uh, we don't be partial, we always remain impartial and don't get caught up in other issues. Then this is something which uh, is actually those of us whose children are already married, we are in-laws, uh, in-laws as well, and we are grandparents or whatever. Sometimes we are not responsible in this regard. This is just now something for everybody, those who are still not yet on that note. Someday we will be on this note as well. We have now got our child married, our son married, our daughter married. But sometimes we don't handle it in a responsible manner. Now we got our daughter married, she's now in somebody else's home. So it's obvious that now she's in somebody else's home, she's got another family also. But now every time there's a function, there's some occasion, there's something, our daughter must be in our home. She's obviously still our daughter, but she's now married. Her first, her first, her first allegiance now has to be to her husband. And now she has to keep the balance also. So fine, there'll be some give and take, but sometimes the give and take is one-sided. The give and take is one-sided. You keep giving, I'll keep taking. Can't work like that. Give and take happens on both sides. So unfortunately, sometimes, and sometimes that 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 daughter, that wife now, she is prepared to keep the balance. But how does she juggle between the pressure now from the parents on one side, and now how to keep the husband's side happy at the same time? This creates tremendous pressure on their marriage. And this is just one example. There are many other things that happen as well. That due to how parents sometimes don't handle things correctly they create pressure on the marriage of their children. But now the children can't talk about it. They can't at all. And especially, alhamdulillah, if the child is respectful, so now he's going to maintain the respect as well. But now behind closed doors, what's, what's happening behind closed doors, what's the drama that's unfolding as a result of this pressure, we don't understand, don't realize it. Sometimes it creates a tremendous strain on that marriage because of how parents are handling things, the irresponsible manner in which they are going about things. So that's also something to bear in mind that we don't allow that to happen, that we create pressure on the marriages of our children. We spoke about many, many uh, challenges already. Challenges of all types, all complication levels and it's not sometimes a very straightforward thing that well, a person now can just work it out immediately how to go about it, what to do. Very often, if the person just took that little bit of effort to ask somebody, more often than not, and Alhamdulillah there are many people present, Allah in every community, that would be, would, who are capable and able to help us, and more than happy to help us. With that little bit of advice, there might be somebody we are comfortable with talking on the phone, phone him, some friend of ours who is experience some alim, we have some contact with, that little bit of advice we would have taken, it would have saved us from so much of problems. And after all, this is the barakat of mashwara. Allah has put this barakat in it. Many a times, the person, 
when he has asked the question before he asked the question that solution wasn't even in the mind meaning the person who is giving the answer had never even thought about that this can be a solution it only came at that point in time in the mind and heart that for this problem this way it might work this solution might work and that becomes the most effective solution which was never even dreamt about before that that is the barakat of mashwara Allah Ta'ala puts that barakat in that consulting so for, now the, the intention must be correct I'm asking so that I can go about things in the right way in a way that pleases Allah Ta'ala that I don't transgress the limits of deen and at the same time I don't trample anybody's rights I keep everybody balanced so simply it is taking some mashwara problems will come dunya is a place of challenges so it's not unusual that a person might have some challenges some problems that itself is not really the problem because that like almost understood this part of life it will come there will be some ups and downs the real problem is not knowing how to handle the problem and that's unfortunately where sometimes there's one problem because of how it was handled you finish off with ten problems there was one problem but it was mishandled in such a way that that problem was between husband and wife it became a problem with both parents on this side and that side and then some other extended family and 50 people got involved in the whole thing one problem became 50 people's problem why? why? because it was handled wrongly so the simple, the simple thing mashwara we, mashwara, we uh, uh, ask, we take some advice and inshallah, inshallah, and inshallah we'll be able to handle things correctly very often they are very minor things trivial things if a person has the right, right mindset that I must learn how to learn how to just overlook many things small small things now once it might sound so it might sound so so ajeeb so ajeeb so can this be real maybe real maybe this is just real maybe this is just you know just to make it sound a little bit sound a little bit uh, uh, dramatic or whatever one case had come up where and obviously something will be brought and pe- brought and people especially you've never had any interaction with them they don't come because it happened for the first time it will be something that probably went through real processes and became really a problem it really now is hitting the roof only then now it will come to some outside party so can you imagine now that this would have gone through so many dramas for something like this so now among the things, among the things and all the other issues too, issues too were similar na- things of a similar nature what? now uh, packet of biscuits were opened so it wasn't closed properly shouldn't leave it, leave it open it was now just left without having well, what story was it wasn't put in an airtight container and it got stale fine, that's not right, you should look after it deal with it in the correct way, don't waste in the correct way, don't waste, don't do something that creates waste but now those biscuits got stale his marriage was now almost forget getting stale, it was already past stale it was almost on the expiry date now because of these kind of trivial issues nothing and the before the person came he phoned when he phoned it was like a SOS you know this is now very serious we're going to have to handle it urgently I was thinking I don't know what, what might be the issue Allah knows best it might be a really very serious issue this was the severity of the issues things were going stale 
And because of that being stained, the marriage was hitting expiry date already. Allah forbid sometimes, one person just mentioned recently, he heard about this marriage program and on the phone, he said, you know, you need to have this program more often and in many more places. I said, no, inshallah, they're working on it. Inshallah, the ulama that are working on it, they will try. He says, no, no, you need to have it. You see, sometimes the marriage is, the duration of the marriage, iddat is longer than the marriage. You see, it's happening so often that the duration of the iddat is longer than the marriage. The marriage lasted one month, the iddat is three months. Now, this is a really tragic situation. Very tragic. So, unfortunately, very often it's happening over this small, over these small, small things. And that is why this is don't make an issue over tissue. Those tissues will fly around a little bit. Just ignore it and let it pass. We often say, you know, we are perfectionists. We want everything perfect. But, how perfect are we in our akhlaq? We might be perfectionists in dunya. dunya, dunya. Think about our own deen. How perfect are we in our deen? Then we want 100% from others. How many percent are we? Many times people ask them, you want, you want 100%, how many percent are you? You give your own marks. So somebody themselves will say, no, I'm 50%. So you 50%, how are you demanding 100%? So you have to now expect also there are some weaknesses, don't make an issue over tissue, don't uh, become affected by everything, let things pass. The simple thing is, sometimes things start becoming a little complicated, sit down calmly, discuss it, look, this is a problem, and, and, and don't do things in anger. Calm down, let it pass, sit down calmly, we need to address this issue. If we can address it among ourselves, we address it among ourselves. We don't have to take it outside anywhere. Yes, after trying, but that's not working, then we have to take the advice from outside, we take it to somebody to help us with. The very important thing is, not in public. Public is not only outside. Public also includes, for now, in this context, even our own children. There's also a kind of public. Any issues that need, and this, it might just sound like something in passing, this is not an isolated issue, this is something that has happened many times, times, times. Among those cases, one particular youngster came and first he started talking, trying to get to the bottom of the issue. Then he started crying and sobbing. What's the problem after coming? He says, no, I get the suicidal thoughts repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And inshallah, I am quite confident inshallah with the help of Allah, I'll never do this. But often it becomes very strong, becomes very strong, becomes very strong. So now he's un- so now he's un- so now he's understanding that this is what a terrible thing this is, how severe this is, what are the punishments of this nakhirat. But at the same time, he's getting this so often and so strongly now he's worried I mustn't do something stupid one day. Why? What's the problem? This is the constant fights of my parents. My parents' constant fighting over time has now affected me, and now as soon as they start off. My mind runs in, my mind runs in, my mind runs in this direction. That I can't take this anymore, I'd rather just end it off. And the first time when I heard it, I thought this was an isolated thing. But I've heard this on more than one occasion, not only from youngsters, from boys. There were several girls that wrote up, saying the same thing. Now, these type of things that we hear are really just an echo. Somebody, one person, two people will talk about it. But there's one, two people that talk about it are echoing Allah knows best how many people's feelings. 
not everybody talks about it. Most just bury it within themselves and just carry on somehow. One, two people somehow just... So if one, two people are talking about it, must multiply, Allah knows how many dozen, how many hundreds. So we don't realize what impact it has, what kind of emotional harm it causes. And as a result, it affects their future. Now one father, one day he was complaining about his son. Just very recently. This fellow has a serious anger problem. And sometimes uh, you know, he's, he asked his sister to have something ready for him because he was now on leave just now and she didn't have it ready so he just blew his top and so on. Then he came and got a chance now to try and chance now to try and chance now to try and talk to him and advise him. So while talking to him, so while talking to him, so while talking to him, so after just saying something to him, he just suddenly just it's not that people sometimes mean to say things. But sometimes when things have reached a certain limit, it just spills over. In one moment, everything just flows out. He started giving the whole drama. Whatever his father was complaining about him, his father was doing ten times worse. Now that was rubbing off onto him. He, was, he just blew his top off with his sister and just shouted at her. His father was physically assaulting his mother whenever she was not doing things correctly or, or late with something, whatever the case is. It didn't happen how he wanted it. And he's seeing this all the time. He was rewinding the same thing in his life. So this now we are causing this damage, emotional damage. So therefore this is something, problems happen, there are sometimes some issues that come up, that come up, that come up, things become complicated, we deal with it separately, not in the presence of children, etc. The one common aspect, unfortunately very common, that people use talaq as a threat. To start off with, talaq is abhadul mubahat, the most detested of all permissible things. But this actually means, just to understand it by a simple example, that sometimes something becomes necessary, so it will be done. But it is the very last resort. If there is nothing else that is going to help, to save the body besides amputating the foot, eventually they'll amputate it. But with what kind of heart is that undertaken? It's done, done, the doctor also done, the doctor also amputates, the person pays for it to have it amputated, and the family all support the person amputating it. But what kind of heart? Everybody is in a very heavy heart. But because there's no other way to save this body but now, the last resort is amputation. That is talaq. When nothing else has worked, and it is now in the best interest of both parties that without this, they are going to be in greater problems. Allah forbid there might be what, what the problems might escalate to. That's the level now this comes to. Beyond or apart from that, it shouldn't even come on the tongue. You shouldn't even entertain it in the mind. Because this is a detested thing. A person doesn't start talking about, thinking about amputation when he can still treat it with some other means. So he shouldn't even be entertained. But if it comes to a point where it's now become inevitable, then a person follows the correct processes, first take somebody's advice. This is a situation, this is what I've done to try and resolve it. These are the processes, processes we've undertaken. These are all the efforts we've made. Everything has come to naught. Now what do we do? This is how the problems are still escalating. Then they will advise us, okay, now that it's come to this point, perhaps now this has become the situation, 
Whatever the case is, you have to take the mashwara of family, reasonable thinking people in the family. Not everybody is the suitable person to take mashwara from. There might be many people, good people, but not everybody is a suitable person to take mashwara from. Sometimes some person is of a very, very militant nature. So everything, he wants to just take the, he wants to just take the, he wants to just take the bull by the horns. Doesn't work like that all the time. You have to have somebody who can see things in a calm manner, in a balanced way, see reality, and see how then can somebody, something be saved or not. And then he'll be able to advise, he has the experience, he has the wisdom. But, there's another part of it, that very often, talaq is used as a threat. You don't comply, I'll divorce you. Now, especially, when they know that there is a vulnerable situation here, she doesn't have any other recourse. Now keep, keep using talaq as a weapon. You dare do something out of life, life, line of what I am asking for, I'll divorce you. That's very cruel. It's something, and unfortunately this too is common. It's a very, very cruel thing. Imagine, again the same lesson, putting ourselves in that situation. Putting ourselves, imagine our sister, our daughter, and somebody now, her husband, is now dealing with her in this manner. Is it something comfortable? Is it something we can feel okay with? So how can we do this the same? Neither is talaq something to be uh, joked about, never even joke about it. It's a, it's a very dangerous thing. And obviously in anger, don't even think about it. It's like a bullet. Once the bullets have left the chamber, it can't come back. The three talaqs have gone, it's all over, it's done. Then a person now starts running around that, no, I gave these three talaqs in one go, so maybe this three is one. Now he's looking for some trinity masla, three in one. That doesn't apply here, that's somewhere else. In the masjid there's no trinity, and in Islam there's no trinity. So three is three. So three talaqs are three. So here, this is something to be very, very careful, and as mentioned already, it's a last resort. Always seek advice first. Often, in terms of when these things become the issue, we say, well, there's all these problems. We should also think about the problems we have. We have our own facia of problems as well. So can it be resolved? Can we really work forward? These are the things to be thought about first before we make such a decision. So now, just go on to one more point. Marriage destroyers. Any person doing anything, he's worried about while he's trying to make the business thrive, he wants to set the business up in a way that thrives, but he's also putting in all the security measures and he's trying to make sure that nothing that harms the business must happen. So likewise, putting all the positives, that's important. Staying away from the negatives, that's also equally important. What destroys marriage? Among the very common issues, poor akhlaq. And therefore, this is something that we get the message right from the very inception. Where Rasulullah says, Iza khataba ilaykum man wa When somebody proposes for your daughter, whose deen and akhlaq you are pleased with, then get him married. Now what's deen? Deen is everything. Akhlaq is also part of deen. But despite it being part of deen already, included in there, this is being highlighted. That as a husband, will he have good akhlaq? And therefore, many pious people, when people went to them and they even presented that this is a type of proposal that's come now, somebody is learned and he's proposed, say, mashallah, he's learned very good. 
وٹ از ہز اخلاق ڈز یو ہیو این اینگر پرابلم پہلے دیکھ لو اس میں غصہ ہے کہ نہیں آل ہیز نالج ان ایوری تھنگ ان ون سائڈ اف از گاٹ اینگر ہی فوگر اباؤٹ ہز نالج ٹو سو اخلاق دس از دا ویری ویری ایسینشیل تھنگ وی ہیو پرابلی ہرڈ مچ مور ڈیٹیل اباؤٹ دس ارلیئر سو بیڈ اخلاق فو اخلاق دس از اے ریڈی میڈ ڈسٹرائی آف میرج دین انفرڈیلیٹی Obviously, this, how can this ever be imagined? And Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with a halal wife. And on top of that, now he's still indulging in this haram. Even without being married to be indulging in this haram is totally out of the question. This is the, among the most disgusting things that a person gets involved in infidelity. Uh, this will destroy a marriage like, destroy a marriage like we cannot understand. And this is not confined to only that a person now gets involved in an affair directly with somebody even whether it is on the level of chatting illicitly etc on social media or various other ways all this is part of this infidelity another common thing is the cell phone addict which is becoming a common problem there's probably we lost count of the number of times people said oh brought up this issue brought up this issue brought up this issue that that and it's either side sometimes a, a complaint complaint from a wife complaint from a wife sometimes a complaint from a husband about the spouse being addicted to the phone and there's no time for the spouse there's no time for the children there's no time for anybody for anything the person is like just 24/7 glued to the phone this is indeed a very very serious problem problem we must have we must have a rule one person one person one person is just is just a businessman is man is not some ali or somebody somebody the businessman but a straight thinking person so he mentioned to somebody that uh, that uh, he was just talking about the rule that is made see the rule with my children my family when i walk in the house they walk in the house the phone is out in some other in some other room and we sitting to eat there be no phone allowed nobody was having any phone there it is it is because when you It is because when you talk, when you're eating, you talk to me. You don't talk to your phone. To your phone. Then on, then on top of that, he said, "You want to tell me something? Don't send me a message. I want to hear your voice." Because in any case, case that was what you were saying. I'm paying your bill, so I'm paying your bill. You talk to me. I want to hear you. I don't want to read your messages. So that's keeping the bond. Because message is another story. Not that it's wrong to send that message. Simple, decent message is fine. that was the level he took it to he said i want to hear your voice i want to hear my daughter talk i want to hear my son talk i don't want to read their words and especially when it's time everybody is at home that phone out of the question that is what now will keep that bond alive otherwise people get bonded with their phones and now when you get connected somewhere you can't keep two lines carrying on at the same time you can't be talking even sometimes people have two phones running but you can't running but you can't talk on both at the same time very seldom them that happens a call them that happens a conference call not everybody is interested in a conference call they want they dedicated time so this is unfortunately a very common problem this is shaitan's choice tool to create problems so we need to avoid these things time is already out there are various other things uh, this aspect of infidelity on top we spoke it is not confined to just one particular aspect even via the phone this is indeed disgusting it's a very filthy thing that a person now gets involved in these kind of things and together with that other things that destroy 
marriages unfortunately fortunately and one of the other issues is drug abuse is drug abuse many a marriage has gone up in smoke as we say here literally gone up in smoke in the sense that that marriage got destroyed because of the spouse because of the husband more often than not getting caught up in drug abuse and obviously now in that state of mind he starts abusing his wife he starts abusing his children abusing his children